Welcome back, everyone, to the 31st episode of Press Y. It is your host, Kelton Burns. And your other host, Cameron Donahoe. Two hosts today for the 31st episode. And I got a rumor, or I got hard news, and uh, you're going to... I'm gonna choose. You're gonna send us down. Oh, yep. it's like a pick your own adventure for news. Um, give me that. Uh, give me a little juicy little gossip. What's that rumor all about? So, rumors are beginning to circulate that a Persona 2 and Persona 4 remake are in the works. Source of these rumors is a known leaker in Japan by the name of Midori, who mentioned that the developer, Atlas, is working on remaking both of these titles. So take that with the tiniest grain of salt. But I think that it makes sense given the success of the Persona series recently. Uh, Persona 3 was actually the fastest selling Atlas video game ever, the one that just released. And you might as well take a page out of Capcom's Resident Evil book, remake book and update the whole series. I know Persona fans like myself who missed out on the older titles would be keen to experience them. And older fans would probably enjoy a nice fresh coat of paint on one of their old beloved titles as long as they do it well. Yeah, I feel like those games especially would be super easy to uh, to remaster. Because like, I, I don't even think they would need to like overhaul like the, the gameplay that much. Like I feel like the gameplay kind of holds up is pretty timeless just because it's the classic like turn-based jrpg style stuff um i think it just yeah. needs the looks honestly which i would love i i think honestly persona games have always been pretty 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 in my opinion uh at least like it kind of has that like the overworld looks kind of ugly in some of the older games but like the like the text boxes and like the drawn uh characters i think look pretty solid like the anime style drawn characters always looked pretty good in my opinion yeah, and I I've only really ever heard about Persona 3, which is why I'm very excited to hop into that eventually, but I don't know anything about Persona 2. Same. And just little about 4. So, it'd be it'd be cool to have those be more approachable. I think Persona 4 is the only one that I've ever played, I'm pretty sure. And I liked it. So, if they make a remake or a remaster or whatever, some kind of new polish version of it, I would love that. Do it, guys. Do it. It's a no-brainer. There's also a rumor circulating this originates from 4chan. Actually, didn't have this prepared for today's episode, but I just remembered that uh, where all the reliable news comes from, 4chan. Yeah, the last Pokemon games to be released on the current Switch before the Switch 2 releases are going to be direct sequels to Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu, and Eevee, and they'll be like soft remakes of Gold and Silver. It's kind of cool. I would like that. Uh, also a rumor. I mean, yeah. Um, I. It's not like. That, that's not exactly, like, making me foam at the mouth or anything, but, like, it seems solid. Pokemon Let's Go Eevee seemed like a fun little play. I heard it was just really fucking easy, but, I mean, Pokemon games in general kind of are. Next up on the slate of news, Subnautica 2. In its quarter four 2023 earnings release, Subnautica publisher Crafton shared some updates on Subnautica 2. Crafton shared that the game will be a multiplayer, multiplayer sequel, one to four players, following the games as a service model, and will be fully supported by Unreal Engine 5 instead of the Unity engine that was used in the previous titles. We can probably guess as to why that is. 
Following this, developer Unknown Worlds Entertainment then responded to this information, following some online backlash, that the game will not be multiplayer-focused, but will have a co-op as an option. You can still play the game single-player. Mm. And in regards to the games as a service model, they just mean that they plan to continually update the game. They have no plans for season passes, battle passes, subscriptions. Subnautica 2 Early Access is not planned for this year, but more information should be coming later in the year. I uh, am a little uh, on the like on the fence about that. I I love Subnautica. I think it's a really really good game. I never once was playing it. It was like, man, I really wish there were some fucking like uh, gift boxes and fucking uh, season passes and all that live game service crap that comes with that. Um, but then again, I never played any game and thought that would enhance the experience, and yet some games are. So, who knows? I it, if it's really mild additions, uh, maybe this would be cool. Maybe like adding different little uh monsters you can find every month or something like that, or uh challenges you could do with people. Maybe that'd be cool. But if they go over the top and have like loot boxes and all that bullshit, then Subnautica Two is probably gonna suck ass. <laughs> but it'll probably make tons of cash. That's what counts. And maybe you can have, like, sexy little outfits for the sea creatures. How about that? I had to buy Subnautica, too. Yeah. <laughs> a Kraken with bigger boobs. Hell yeah. <laughs> for for $9.99. For $9.99, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, what do you, do you think this is gonna, like, I think whenever I hear a game's sequel is, especially if it's, like, not its previous one, wasn't a game-as-a-service game, becomes a, a live service game uh usually it's really bad so uh do you think that <laughs> subnaka has a chance to overcome that i don't know i personally not a not a big subnautica fan really uh i i played it for a few hours and i think i'm just naturally scared of the deep water me too and so this was like a horror video game to me yeah that <laughs> i i'm like really terrified specifically of being in the water with something like bigger than you and so anytime i left my little base it was fucking horrifying which i really liked like i thought it was like really really scary um <laughs> and it just kind of like it, it gave me that like kind of fight or flight feeling every single time i booted it up uh, yeah, I guess I got to a point where I was like, man, I don't want to feel like that today. <laughs> it is, it is like for someone who uh, who personally has like that kind of like phobia, it is <laughs> a lot of constant dread. When you're and not even if it's like a typically not scary part of the game, like I'll just be in open water and I see like just a big harmless fish. And I'm like, ah, so yeah, sends chills down my spine. I hope that the Subnautica fans are not let down by their sequel. I hope that, you know, the investors don't win win that battle, and I hope it's not full of loot boxes or cosmetics that you can purchase with real-life money. But we will have to wait and see. Next up, Disney has announced that it has invested $1.5 billion into Epic Games oh as part of its new partnership to create an open games entertainment universe within Fortnite. So here's a quote from Walt Disney Company CEO Roger Iger. Robert Iger. Our exciting new relationship with Epic Games will bring together Disney's beloved brands and franchises with hugely popular Fortnite in a transformational new games and entertainment universe. 
This marks Disney's biggest entry ever into the world of games and offers significant opportunities for growth and expansion. We can't wait for fans to experience the Disney stories and worlds they love in groundbreaking new ways. Disney marked this as a multi-year project, and it looks like it will be fully opening the Disney doors to Epic Games within Fortnite. So we are... This is like not the first time that another company has invested a large chunk of money in Epic Games specifically for Fortnite. We've had Lego do this in the past as well as Sony. Mm. So it's not the most surprising news, but along with this news, they released this little trailer that kind of showed like all of the different Disney IPs all kind of like having a little place within Fortnite. So, you know, this is more than just another chink in Fortnite armor. It's like a whole giant Disney battle axe that they now will wield. Um, They already had like Marvel skins and Marvel partnerships, right? Or like Disney partnerships yes. of some kind. Um, and we saw that Fortnite was in uh, even Avengers, the movie. Right, right, right. Um, do you think... Do you think this is going to play, like, a huge role in how Fortnite has, like, mechanics and game modes and stuff going forward? Like, you think there's going to be a lot more Disney uh, involvement and whatnot through the developing process? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm not sure because, like, you're right. We have had a ton of Disney skins. There's, like, right. Jack Skellington even and, like, Rocket League has Lightning McQueen and all that stuff. So, so more skins wouldn't be that, like, you know surprising but this seems to be pushing forward an envelope of like we're gonna have our own games within fortnite maybe similar to how there's like the lego mode and the new rocket racing mode and all that maybe there'll be more of like a kid-friendly focused disney segment of the game or sector of the game where you can play a bunch of different types of disney games or maybe there's like uh in the new rhythm game mode there's like a whole bunch of like new disney songs or something i could see that as well Yeah. yeah it is kind of fascinating that during this whole announcement, no one dropped the word metaverse, but it seems to be a step in that direction. Another step for, for Epic Games with Fortnite. Um, Just because they have so many different uh, access to different IPs and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And every time this happens, every time there's like a big chunk of an IP integrated into Fortnite, I'm always curious if this is going to make other IPs hesitant to put their ip into that pool mm. so i'm i'm curious to see if this massive disney kind of move into fortnite will you know off put maybe some other ips from going in because right now i think fortnite's in the middle of a giant teenage mutant ninja turtles event oh cool and yeah now we're getting a big fortnite event like we have so many marvel skins in fortnite i always wondered if that would kind of like offset the dc skins you know kind right because i feel IPs. like there is kind of an internal like branding struggle i guess if you have like fucking 20 marvel guys and only like batman and superman or something uh like i wonder yeah. if that de-incentivizes dc to uh like take do business with epic when for uh, when epic is doing business so heavily with disney so yeah i i I'll, i'm interested to see how that affects like future uh partnerships with epic uh going forward yeah, like, are we going to get a Shrek or any type of DreamWorks skin after this massive move with Disney? Would Disney want that? Or would DreamWorks want that? I don't know. Knowing Disney, probably not. But knowing Epic, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So th- that's kind of, I guess, one of the questions that this raised to me. I am curious to see what comes out of this whole deal. But, uh, but yeah. Next up, over the last week... Cameron, Naughty Dog released a documentary, Grounded 2, Making the Last of Us Part 2. Mm. Can you guess what that 
documentary is about? I'm pretty sure it's about making The Last of Us Part Two. You hit the nail on the head, my friend. It's because I'm a scholar. Uh, and I watched this actually. I, it got uploaded to YouTube. I think it was originally released with the remake of making, or I mean, The Last of Us Part Two. Like I think it's included in that game. Mm-hmm. But they released it on YouTube for free. I watched it. Great documentary. Really fascinating. I'm kind of shocked you didn't do a whole other playthrough. I really want to. I've just been so deep in all these other games. Right. I want because I I want to replay the remake of the first one first. Um, haven't got to that yet. I did buy it though. But near the end of end of this documentary, Grounded Two: The Making of the Last of Us Part Two, Neil Druckmann, the head of Naughty Dog, casually mentions that he struggled for years to find the Last of Us Part Three story, but he has found it, and now he knows where it'll go. Here is the full quote from Neil Druckmann: The first game had such a clean concept of like the unconditional love a parent feels for their child. The second one, once we landed on this idea of the pursuit of justice at any cost, justice for the ones you love, we felt like there's a clean concept here and there's a through line from the first game about love. If we never get to do it again, this is a fine ending point. Last bite of the apple, the story is done. But I've just been thinking about it. Is there a concept there? And for years, I haven't been able to find that concept, but recently that's changed. And I don't have a story, but I do have that concept. That to me is as exciting as The Last of Us Part 1 and as exciting as The Last of Us Part 2 is its own thing and yet has this through line for all three. So it does feel like there's probably one more chapter to this story. So right at the end of this documentary, he just drops this bombshell that he's found the concept for the game, which a lot of like I've seen people run with this chunk and be like, Last of Us Part 3 confirmed in development. And it, we didn't get any hard facts like that, but just the fact that he included this in the documentary that he has found the concept for the last of part three seems to be like the first you know seed here that we are getting a final entry into the last of us trilogy uh and so yeah i am foaming at the mouse internally although this does feel like it's probably years away oh yeah i i think if they do make another one it's probably at least five years away that being said do you think you want another last of us part i because personally i want another one i like i personally gameplay wise and fan wise would like another one but like i think it was tied up pretty well like uh i don't i want another one (laughs) okay but like i can't have it in like this i don't think it it, it ended poorly you know i thought it was pretty satisfying it was just like i was not satisfied spoiler warning (laughs) uh it just kind of uh for the last of us part two um it just kind of Ended with like Ellie going off in the distance and realizing her actions of really or fucked up actions of really fucked up consequences and being super sad. You know that sounds about right. You know there's no like fucking bad guy on the loose or anything. Yeah, but she's just depressed. Yeah, it's your main protagonist. You've been following her since a kid, and you just <laughs> want to end the story on she's sad and alone, can't play the guitar anymore. Yeah, she can take up the drums. You know she'll be fine. <laughs> Um, I need her story to either come to a f- f- like level of finality of her being dead or her being somewhat content. Well, she was though. Is the thing is that like she had she, she had a happy ending and that was ruined because of her own actions. And I feel like that was a good ending point. It shows like it, it has a moral to the story. Like you should you like it's not always worth like revenge isn't always worth the. Uh, the price of admittance, you know, or the price of your actions. I agree with you. That That is a great part of the story. And I was very sad the way when she left out all that stuff. But just my love for Ellie as a character 
I I would hate to see the story end with her where she is in that moment. Fair. I would like to. I would I, like even if it showed her like. I don't know, going back to like people welcoming her home, and wherever the hell that one city was, Wyoming mm-hmm. or something, that would have been slightly more satisfying. But it's literally like she's just alone, sad as depressed <laughs> and broken. It's like she's become Joel. It's a pretty big bummer, and yeah, it's like full circle. I don't know. I think it, it was it was wrapped up pretty nice. It's poetic. So I I think I want more story. <laughs> I do. I do too. I definitely want more. But I think the story is like it. It could end here. Is the thing. But me personally, I would play anything in the Last of Us universe as anyone. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I Neil Druckmann. I want it next year. Get on it, buddy. He also mentioned in this thing that leakers at some point found this internal <clears throat> stuff about them working on uh, a game focused on Tommy after the events of the last of us part two. And he was like, that was never meant to be a full entry in the title. It was supposed to be a smaller game. And he was like, I hope that sees the light of some of day sometime, but you know, you never know. Um, so maybe that was supposed to be last of us part two's DLC or dude hackers and leakers or, just popping off nowadays like no fucking content is safe these poor yeah, dude. these poor game industry or game devs are just getting bullied by these like 15 year old cyber warriors so in that in the documentary he talks about how during the pandemic someone started leaking all these internal documents from the last of us part two and they leaked the big main character like the the death of a main character at the very beginning of last of us part two right they leaked that online and it was like the world was ending as Neil Druckmann said it was the worst day of his entire life. And like the internet reacted extremely angry and poorly to this, like out of context death. Mm -hmm. And he was said he felt so angry and he wanted justice and he wanted every single type of punishment brought down on this person. (laughs) And they ended up finding out that it was like an early twenties year old kid who was just a massive fan of last of us. And, he thought that the game was going to keep getting delayed indefinitely, so he, he thought if he kept leaking these this stuff, it would force their hand to release the game. And then Neil Jackman said he had this moment where he realized, like, our game is about letting go of, like, your, your thirst for revenge. <laughs> and he was like, if there's anyone that needs to take the message of the game, it might as well be the people who made it. And he realized in that moment, he's like, I'm just going to let it go. God damn. Thank God the game's not about fucking firing 20-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Damn, that's... Uh, I mean, I, I kind of get it, man. That Like, so much effort and work must go into that just to have it all fucking, like, spoiled. That's, like, a huge uh, plot point, too. So, like, I can imagine how fucking pissed that guy would be. Um, spoiler warning for Last of Us Part 2, again, right here. I personally thought... Like, I... <laughs> like just through the marketing of the game alone they like don't so- see joel in any of it whatsoever it's ellie the entire time and all the gameplay you don't see joel whatsoever i'm like oh okay so like joel's gonna die like obviously joel dies at some point there's it's literally just ellie on the cover joel's nowhere to be seen there's no reason why like i don't i don't think it was like that big of a deal to ha- to spoil that Joel was gonna die, and it also happens in the first like forty minutes of the game. So I I wasn't like, oh fuck, they killed Joel. I was like, yeah, obviously this is like, gonna yeah. happen. <laughs> <laughs> they killed him yeah. in a pretty fucked up way, though. I'm not gonna lie. I thought he was just gonna get like shot in the head or eaten alive or something. Not, yeah, it was pretty brutal. 
They they, gl- they, they want you to, they want the you to feel dead. that hatred. Yeah. They want you to feel that fucking anger. But yeah, I can talk about Last of Us part part two, part one. Last of Us in general, I could talk about it all day. Uh, that was just a little news that came out this week. Very exciting for me. Uh, another thing that came out this week, February 6th, PlayStation held a state of play entirely focused on Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. At the end of the presentation, they dropped a demo. And I have completed this demo. Uh, it's great. You play in this little three-chapter segment. It's kind of a flashback focused on Cloud and Sephiroth uh, back during their soldier days. Mm-hmm. And the game feels awesome. I, I, it kind of shows you a little bit more of that open world type element that is going to be in uh, Rebirth that wasn't in the original or the, the last remake, the part one, I guess. Uh, and it's fun. It's great. The combat feels great. It feels good. I am constantly reminded of how much I wished this combat was in Kingdom Hearts. It very it feels kind of like Kingdom Hearts, but like way more polished. Yeah. And I, and I'm I'm looking forward to this new game. It comes out I think at the end of the month on the 29th. There is more parts of the demo coming. When I finished, it was like stay tuned for a, the second part of the demo to be updated later in the month. And also, if you complete the segments in the demo, you can skip them in the real game. Uh, I know that'd be blasphemous for some people. Personally, probably gonna skip these demo segments in the real game. Because I already played them. I have a lot of other stuff to do, guys. Yeah. But yeah, great. If you have, if you have a PS5 and uh, you played the last Final Fantasy VII remake part, jump into this shit. It's fucking great. If there's anything I've learned about the good people of Square Enix is that they do not give a fuck about my schedule and, the, and the, my life beyond playing Final Fantasy. They don't. They don't. They're cruel little monsters. I, they treat it as if, like, oh, no, he's not playing Final Fantasy. We have let him down. We got more news. I got more rumors. More rumors that I, I believe me and Cameron will be touching on more next week. But, you know, the rumors are rumbling now. So let's dive into them. So it was leaked slash rumored. And I believe we touched on this earlier. Hi-Fi Rush was coming to the Switch. Right. But then rumors began. Co- Dude, this, this is like a barrel. It's gotten shot a bunch with a bunch of guns. We got water blowing out every corner of this bitch. Next up, it got leaked that Indiana Jones is being considered for PS5. Oh. Now, that was big news. Xbox fans got very, uh, uh, like, uh, what do we want to say, emotional about this. And then it got leaked that Starfield is also being considered for PS5, mm. as well as Hi-Fi Rush, mm. as well as Sea of Thieves. Mm-hmm. And then... Overall, this started pushing the narrative that Xbox is going to transition more to a publisher and start putting its games on PS5 and Switch and kind of maybe keep them as a timed exclusive on Xbox. And, you know, this obviously, the snowball just keeps rolling on this type of news. People are like, okay, is Xbox finally kind of like, do they want to cash in after this giant acquisition of of, uh, Activision Blizzard? Uh, do they are they finally accepting that they're not selling enough copies on just releasing their games on Xbox when majority of people own PS5s? And so, after all this, Microsoft announced that they will have a business meeting update announcement next week. I'm sure, me and Cameron will be talking about this next week. And the leak suggested that originally this update was planned for the end of the month. But now it's being moved forward. Phil Spencer tweeted that they're listening and they hear you. So don't know what that's going to be about. Xbox fans, very upset about this. Uh, Because, yeah, they're little exclusives. They're 
you know, all the toys in their toy chest might be about to be spread to everyone else's toy Which toy I chests. don't really get, you know, like, um, I've kind of mentioned this before, but like, it's just everyone gets to play the game, man. Like, worst case scenario, I guess, way, way, way down the line, you just buy a PlayStation if Xbox stops making consoles. I think that's um, not necessarily a negative thing, you know? Just having more games and more consoles means more people get to play them, and that's totally fine. I would be upset if God of War went on fucking Xbox. Just means I probably get to play games with more of my buddies now. <laughs> Your brow wouldn't furrow, your fist wouldn't ball up. Yeah, the the long God of War-like tattoos in my body would start glowing and I would enter a sort of rage <laughs> and I'd fight the nearest Xbox owner. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is this is totally fine. Uh, I personally think it's oddly poetic, you know? Uh, a, a console war ceasefire seems like a beautiful thing to have and i think xbox has slowly been losing this whole console war for a decent amount of time and the only things making them good or keeping them afloat for now is like their uh the games or their uh what's it like the game streaming services and whatnot it's not necessarily not yeah game pass and not necessarily the xbox itself so i, I think it kind of makes sense yeah we will we will know next week, hopefully. Would you? Hopefully they will. Uh... Would you rather have uh, a world where there's the constant power feud between Xbox and PlayStation, or would you rather just one reign supreme and the other take a more submissive uh, streaming role? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, competition usually breeds higher quality stuff for the consumer. So on that hand, you know, I hope the Xbox continues to have a reason to pump money into its studios to produce great games and hopefully that'll just be game pass and hopefully playstation will continue to have a reason to continue to pump out incredible quality titles to bring people into its ecosystem i totally agree but yeah more on that next week guys before we get out of here games coming out next week we got a lot of games coming out next week uh and valentine's day is next week guys so don't like maybe maybe buy one of these games for your uh loved one we got banishers ghosts of New Eden coming out for PS5, Xbox Series XS, and PC February 13th. We got Lis Fanga, the Time Shift Warrior, coming out for PC February 13th. We got Altros coming out for PS5, PS4, PC February 13th. We got Solemn Infernum, PC February 14th. Sucker for Love, Date to Die For coming out for PC February 14th. Nice. We got Titanic, A Space Between Quest. Or no, A Space Between coming out for the Quest, February 14th. We got Tomb Raider 1 through 3 Remastered coming out for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, Series S, Xbox One, Switch, PC, February 14th. We got Gunvolt Records Chironicle coming out for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, Switch, and PC coming out February 15th. We got Plate Up, the new like overcooked Ooh. game style game. Looks looks dope. Coming out for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series Except X and this S and time Switch. you get to play as a chef February who says 15th. slurs at people. So that's that's exciting. There you call people the donkey. We got RC Revolution come out for PC February fifteenth. We got Survivor Man VR, The Descent come out for PSVR two, PC VR. We got Mario vs Donkey Kong hitting the Switch February sixteenth. We got Skull and Bones coming Ooh. out for PS five, Xbox Series X and S, and PC February sixteenth. I know I, we talked about Skull and Bones a while back, and it seemed like a pipe dream this game was ever coming out. It has a movie in the works, but it is coming out next week on the sixteenth. It actually has an open beta going right now. Right now, you can go play Skull and Bones for free. 
uh, until tomorrow, the time when this episode comes out. So if you're listening to this episode a couple of days late, I'm sorry you missed out on the Skull and Bones open beta. But yeah, the pirate game is here. Apparently it feels a lot like Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Uh, and take what you want from that. And where, yeah, that's going to wrap up all the games coming out next Where's week. the marketing for Skull and Bones? That feels like it just kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, obviously... I feel like maybe all the money got spent on marketing 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Was... Like, the marketing was crazy, <laughs> like, like four or five years ago. Now, all of a sudden, it's just coming out in, like, a week. Like, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am concerned for the success of Skull and Bones. Uh, I'm not too you invested know. in Skull and Bones at this point. It looked fun seven yeah. years ago, though. Man. It did. Um, but seven we'll years see. ago, I was hyped. We'll fucking see how it goes. Yeah. Like, I want to play this open beta, but also Helldivers 2 just came out. And I want to play that. You know, I'm definitely going to play Helldivers before I play fucking Skull and Bones. But hey, that's just the way she goes. All right, guys. 31 episodes. It's been great, Cameron. It's been it's been all right. It's been all just right. Just kidding. It's been amazing. 31 episodes of fucking excellence, baby. See you at 32. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>